In this episode, I want to talk about common misconceptions about leadership coaching. Specifically, I will hone in on three of these misconceptions. And we'll also talk a little bit about the difference between coaching and training when it comes to leadership development and which one that you should focus on, in which situation, and why. Let's go. Here's the question. How do you successfully transition into your first official leadership role, build the confidence and competence to lead your team effectively, and establish yourself as a respected and trusted leader across the organization? That's the question, and this show provides the answers. Welcome to the Manager Track Podcast. I'm your host, Ramona Shaw, and I'm on a mission to create workplaces where work is not seen as a source of stress, but as a source of contribution, connection, and fulfillment. And this transition starts with developing a new generation of leaders. I'm a leadership coach, a mom of three, a coffee lover, and a travel enthusiast. Stick around because in this show, you'll learn how to think, communicate, and act to become a confident, high-performing leader people love to work with. Let's go. Welcome to this episode of the Manager Track Podcast. At the time of this recording, right now, it's June 1st. It's my oldest daughter's ninth birthday today. So we've got a lot going on today. She also has a school performance happening on her birthday. So it'll be fun. But um, I'm also running a little bit behind my schedule because I got COVID last week and I'm still recovering a bit. And while I was having COVID, I couldn't record any podcasts because my voice was a bit of a mess. I would cough a lot. My voice would get hoarse and I would cough a lot. I would have a hard time breathing and talking for an extended time. And so I'm catching up today with a few additional podcast episodes that I'll be record and will be ready for you to consume. Anyways, as we're talking about COVID, I hope all of you are doing well, uh, you're taken care of for yourself mentally, physically, and emotionally with a lot of things going on and happening these days, be this in Europe as well as over here in the US at least. It's been kind of an intense week on many different fronts. And for me, it feels like we're moving into the summer season, school's out, I'll be traveling back uh, home to Switzerland and spent a few weeks in Switzerland and Italy over the summer. And so I feel like I'm in this final sprint and managing and holding together a lot. And I know that the moment that I plop into my seat in the airplane and my Wi-Fi will be shut off, that'll be the moment to sort of step back and relax and and look things from a different perspective. And I think generally the summer month, at least from my experience, whether I was running my own business or I was in a corporate job, always felt like a time to reflect, a time to gain some distance, slow things down, strategize about my next career moves or business moves, think about what to focus on, think about some changes I wanna make to my habits and the way that I navigate life or choices that I make in order to maintain high productivity, but also as really solid, fun, and healthy personal life as well. But enough said about sort of overall state of the union or where my head is at, because today I want to talk about misconceptions about coaching. This is interesting because it comes up quite often in conversations when people would say, that they're about to start a new job and they will talk to me about my services because they're curious about how they get support in their first 90 days. 
be this as new managers or also more experienced leaders who may be moving into their first VP role or their first director role. And they want to make sure that they're knocking it out of the park in their first 90 days. And in those conversations, I often say, hey, when you're negotiating your salary for that next role, make sure that you're bringing up your interest in leadership coaching or executive coaching or leadership development overall and you're discussing the budget that the company is providing for you to pursue these things and it may be an angle to negotiate because they may have a salary bandwidth that you're already at that upper limit but then adding on a tuition reimbursement or additional coaching support as you're ramping up those will be things that companies are often really willing and able to negotiate on So bring it up is what I usually say. But I do notice hesitation at times where people think that if they are telling their new employer that they want to work with a coach, that the employer may have regret of hiring them or or even in the negotiation process may start to question if they're actually qualified, if the candidate in this case feels the need to hire a coach. And so I want to debunk that because it could not be further from the truth. And if your hiring manager would actually look at leadership development from that perspective, then I would encourage you to question and to really look into whether or not this is the right position for you. It may totally be, but it would be for me a bit of a red flag to say, oh, interesting, how much do they invest in their employees and how much do they have a growth mindset and this idea of the ongoing learning and development and how much do they invest in their people that way if they are seeing executive coaching or leadership coaching as something that's for the weak or something for the people who are not good enough yet because it couldn't be further from the truth and that brings me to the first misconception I want to talk about leadership coaching is not something to fix people in the majority of cases Coaches and companies don't get hired in order to fix someone's behavior. Sometimes that happens. Absolutely. Someone with toxic behaviors, someone who's having a hard time achieving goals or seems really distracted or is burned out. They hire coaches for them too in order to get that additional support, help them see the impact that their behaviors have on other people and so forth. But in the vast majority of cases, people hire coaches because they want to continuously grow and optimize what they're doing, bring more value to the organization because they get better as the leader. And when the leader gets better, everyone else benefits from this as well. It's a bit like thinking of a tennis star or any other athlete. They wouldn't want to go to the Olympics or the championship without a coach's support. They know that they bring talent to the plate. They know that they have a hard work ethic, the discipline that's required in order to play at that level. But then they need the coaches. There's not a question about this in sports, right? They know that's just a given. And in fact, Playing at this high level usually means that they have multiple coaches that they're working with. There isn't just one coach that does everything. But when it comes to coaching for leaders, this is about optimizing what you're doing and helping you see more than you can see by yourself. Think about trying to read the label from the inside of the char. We don't get to do that. We have to have someone else reading the label on the outside of the char. A coach can help with all kinds of things and it's a value add for anyone and most coaches get hired to help great people maintain that level of performance 
further because their role requires them to expand more. So they're getting that additional support, especially during transitions. The transitions that I work with most closely is people who are up-leveling, who are getting to that next level, and then people who are promoted into their first leadership role. Those are big transitions, and a coach can have a significant impact during this transition period. So that is the first misconception, and as you can probably tell, I'm pretty passionate about it because that that lingering old-school idea of a coaches only get hired for people who have issues is so outdated and couldn't be further from the truth. And yet, especially in some traditional fields, I still see this come up or the worry come up that their boss may look at it that way. For the companies that I work with, and obviously I only work with companies that are open to coaching and embrace coaching and see the benefits of it and the ROI of the investment. But none of these people would ever look at a candidate who is joining their team and that candidate would speak up and say, I want to work with a coach, a leadership coach, as I'm getting set up. All of these people would say, that's amazing. Yes, would love to support that. None of them will look at this and think, oh my gosh, maybe they bit off more than they can chew. Maybe I should rethink that. Instead, it is a sign of self-awareness and it's a sign of having a growth mindset and it's a sign of humbleness and eagerness to learn and desire to grow and to optimize what they're able to bring to the table. So that's one. Now let's move on to the second one. The second one is that a coach, the coach that you're working with, should be having experience in your profession or your industry. That is not relevant at all. The coach that you hire Your leadership coach or your executive coach does not need to know anything about the actual work that you're doing. Now, they need to know leadership principles if you're looking for a leadership or executive coach. They need to have business acumen. They need to know what you're talking about. For example, I work with a lot of engineers. I work with a lot of product designers or product managers. I work with a lot of data scientists. So me speaking their language or the language that they use in startup companies from my own personal experience or just because I'm exposed to it all the time and I'm interested in this field will create relatability, but it will also help in the communication. But I would never have to be an engineer in order to support my engineering leaders, as an example. In fact, finding a coach who has done what you're doing now may actually get in the way because they may want to give you advice but very limited insight in what actually is needed in your situation. And so their advice can come from well-intended place, good intentions overall, but can be misleading and actually counterproductive. It's also not what coaching is about. And so at this point, I want to make a quick distinction between coaching and mentoring, because that sometimes gets confused as well. A mentor is someone who comes with past experience in the thing that you're doing or has achieved what you are aiming to achieve. And so you're going to a mentor asking for ideas or asking for to hear about their experience or what they would do based on their experience. You're looking to stand on their shoulders because they've gone through what you're trying to go through. That's a mentor. A coach is not trying to tell you how to do it because of the way that they've done it in the past. A coach will help you see things you didn't see before. The coach will challenge you in your assumptions and interpretations. A coach will help you recognize when you're acting based on self-doubt or fear and when you're actually making deliberate, intentional and conscious choices or how to do so. 
A coach will help you get better at developing relationships by understanding what works with certain people and how to flex your style. Your coach will develop a sense of accountability by really honing in on your key goals. They will likely also support you in getting feedback from your stakeholders and your direct reports or peers and then help make sense of this feedback. They will challenge your thinking and push you forward in taking action and being at it, um, speaking up for yourself and leverage your agency. They will also be able to help you manage your emotional responses, help you be more focused, be more composed, and they will help you be more calm, cool, and collected. So looking for a coach with experience in your field or in your profession is irrelevant and may actually get in the way. So that's the second misconception when it comes to coaches. And the third one is that people think coaching is only for executives. And this is why I don't call myself an executive coach, because that would be misleading. I'm not a coach for executives. I'm a coach for new managers and mid-level leaders. And that's a very conscious decision for me to say I'm a leadership coach and not an executive coach. I think executive coaches have traditionally been there. That's how they got started in organizations. But now it's time to democratize this and to get employees actually across the rank. Leadership coaching is for more leaders, but coaches could work even with ICs and do work even with individual contributors. And so... Being able to provide this resource that has a proven positive return on investment to all employees who are eager to learn and thrive and want to grow across the organization is something that I'm really passionate about. Plus, if you think about it, new or early managers are usually the ones most neglected when it comes to leadership development, yet have the biggest impact on the organization because they're managing that bottom layer. They're all managed by frontline leaders, by new managers in general or first-time managers. And while strategically speaking, the C-suite has the biggest influence in terms of decision-making, the direct impact on employees and employee engagement, or actually that happens on the lower levels of the leadership hierarchy um, so to speak and that's where it matters most so no it's not just for executives in fact if you wait you'll probably already learning habits that are ineffective that you'll have to unlearn down the road you're missing out on that initial growth curve and being a sponge when you're first in a role that's really important because that's when your brain is trying to figure this all out and will be like a sponge soaking up new information you want to capitalize on this timeline. Plus, coaching helps us develop and maintain a strong growth mindset versus a fixed mindset. But using the idea of neuroplasticity and the idea of being able to grow and expand, and that also boosts our competence and our confidence over time, the faster and earlier that we get to do this and challenge ourselves, sort of lift those dumbbells, um, the stronger we will grow and the more impactful it will be. So coaching early on, really important. The ROI is actually higher than if you wait until later in your career. Now, there's one more thing I'm going to talk about here. And before I wrap up, let me quickly recap. The first misconception was that coaching is for people who need something fixed. Not true. Second one is the coach should have experience in your field or your profession. Not true. The third one is coaching is for executives. Not true. And now I want to quickly explain why I think coaching and training have to go hand in hand. And what really is the difference between coaching versus training when it comes to leadership development? 
So let me define the two. When we think about coaching and as part of your leadership development journey, you might want to hire a leadership coach, an executive coach, wherever you are in your career. That would mean that you would hire a person, a coach, who is qualified, has been trained and has the experience to help you explore new things. They will help you with setting context in your role, define, helping you define your vision, helping clarify your leadership style. They will help you apply what you learn. So if you are learning something as part of a leadership course or leadership training, Coaching is the part that will help you practice that new knowledge in your day-to-day job. This may mean to uh, practice certain conversations. This may mean that they give you specific feedback based on how you're going about a certain task or how you're managing your time, Um, looking at how to implement this skill in your personal situation and your responsibilities. As a coach, I also see it as my role to give feedback and share observations that I recognize. This may be very tactical things. It may also be patterns that I recognize. They may be helpful, which is important to surface and be aware of, or may not be helpful. And that have been running sort of in the back of our minds over time. These are beliefs or assumptions that we may hold. As a coach, I'm always on the lookout for what are those patterns and how are they helping or not helping and making sure that they're being surfaced to help my clients develop greater awareness. As a coach, you also provide encouragement. You are looking for ways to highlight strength. And therefore, I help my clients leverage those strengths and feel more validated in their experiences or prepared for conversations because of the work that we've done together. So that's coaching. Training is the specific aspect of knowledge transfer. It's a lot more curriculum focused versus coaching is person focused, right? It's driven by the person's situation, not by a specific curriculum. Training is based on that curriculum and whatever we're trying to teach. It's mostly a one-way conversation, not always, but oftentimes it's someone sharing a piece of knowledge, some concepts, some frameworks, some tools. So that's the teaching. It's usually a bit of a one-size-fits-all approach, right? We're trying to look for commonalities. We're trying to make things very broadly applicable so that everyone in the group or everyone going through the training can pick up something from this class or this course and then go out and do it. But they're not getting any personalized support in doing it. The training is really about the knowledge transfer. There will be times where you need to learn new skills, especially when you're in a new role, bigger responsibilities, or you're moving into leadership for the first time. Being a people leader is an entirely different skill set than what you've practiced in the past. So trying to be a good leader without skill training is not going to work out. Most of us, maybe 99% of us, are naturally born leaders. We have to develop those skills. And so that would be the training aspect. Other times you're looking for a way more personalized experience where your practice and your application and your situations or challenges, as well as opportunities are really at the forefront of this learning and development engagement or initiative. And that's when coaching comes into play. Now, where I think the beauty really happens and where it gets really exciting is when we combine the two, which is why the Leadership Accelerator, my new manager training, is specifically designed to combine knowledge transfer, so that training aspect that's curriculum-based, with coaching, so that 
participants and students going through the program, they develop these skills, but receive the personalized um, support and guidance are able to experience in conversations with me one-on-one, but also in a small group setting where we're talking about specific applications of the knowledge and how to make that work and what specifically needs to be tailored or altered or how can it be leveraged the best in the person's unique situation. The real gold lies in combining both coaching and training and including both components in one aligned, streamlined, well-designed program, such as the Leadership Accelerator in my case. So with that, I'm going to wrap this conversation. I hope this was helpful in terms of understanding what are some of the key misconceptions that we have about leadership coaching, what's actually happening out there, as well as who should hire a coach and what you want to be looking out for when you think about coaching versus engaging in a skill training and in which cases it not only makes sense, but is the best way to go to combine both aspects. And with that, I also hope that you feel inspired to explore the idea of hiring a coach. Look out there for resources, ask your company and what the resources are that they offer in terms of leadership coaching. And when you do decide to hire a coach and give this a shot, I recommend speaking with a couple of coaches, getting to know them, understanding their methodology, see if you have report and if that could be a person that you trust and want to talk to once a week or every other week. And with that, again, I hope you're feeling well, you're doing well. I will be releasing episodes all through the summer, although I'll be located over in Europe. And with that, I wish you a wonderful day and week ahead. And I'll be back next week with another episode of the Manager Track podcast. Bye for now. If you love this show, then you love even more my free training for new managers. If you haven't watched this training yet, then I'll strongly encourage you to sign up at RamonaShaw.com forward slash masterclass. You'll discover the key shifts you'll need to make as a new manager and the number one most common mistake to avoid. Plus, you'll walk away with actionable tips that you can apply in your role right away. Go to RamonaShaw.com forward slash masterclass to sign up.